How you doing, everybody? I'm Ken Bikeup, and welcome to the Peaks Podcast, brought to you by the Upland Brewing Company, the morning after Penn State edition. Indiana hit the road in Big Ten play to take on Penn State in Happy Valley, but it was not a very happy trip at all. The Hoosiers kind of fell apart from the, the opening kickoff. The first quarter was just plain old dead ugly. But the Hoosiers actually were pretty competitive in this game, even if the game itself was not competitive. And we're going to be talking about that in just a little bit. But the Hoosiers uh, took on the number four Nittany Lions and lost 45-14. to So there's a lot to chew on for, for this game. But first, you know, the Upland Brewing Company has built its name on its traditional ales and lagers, but they're always innovating. For more than 10 years, they've been brewing award-winning barrel-aged sour beers with whole fruits and unexpected spices. And now you could spend an evening dining among the barrels at the Woodshop Sour Ale Brewery in Bloomington as part of their Sour Beer Paired Dinner, Sour and Devour, Friday, October 6th from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m. Enjoy a five-course meal crafted by Upland's executive chef paired with five barrel-aged beers. This is your chance to try the newest sour beer lottery releases before anyone else. Prior to entering the lottery yourself, sip on Oak Brooks, Blueberry, and Kiwi, all aged in Oak Fooders, a month before the public has access. Sour and Devour is a night of food and beer exploration you don't want to miss. Tickets are limited, so get yours today at eventbrite.com. The Upland Brewing Company. Good beer, good people. Come drink with us. Well, the Hoosiers certainly stumbled out of the locker room at Penn State as this thing was ugly from the opening kickoff. Running back Saquon Barkley for Penn State, a Heisman Trophy candidate. He takes the opening kickoff 98 yards to the house, and it really wasn't even difficult. He went up the middle of the field, bolted to the right, outran everybody, 98-yard touchdown. Indiana's down 7 to nothing. Then the Hoosiers fumble on their second play from scrimmage. Then six plays later, Penn State scores again as quarterback Trace McSorley goes in on a one-yard dive. And there's 11:41 left in the first quarter, and Indiana's already down 14 to nothing. And the two teams trade possessions. Penn State has to punt. Jason Harris coughs up the ball. That fumble is picked up by Nick Scott and returned 13 yards for a touchdown. So there's 6:34 left in the first quarter, and Indiana's already down. 21 to nothing and it just was just an ugly start for a Hoosier team that if they were going to pull off the upset on the road they were going to have to play a very disciplined strong game and get a couple of breaks and force some turnovers and instead it was the Hoosiers that were an absolute mess from the from the start Uh, eventually Penn State managed to make it 28-0 by the end of the first quarter, and everybody just knew that this game was pretty much over with. However, I give Indiana a lot of credit because they did not give up in any way, shape, or form. They scored 14 points in the second quarter. Indiana's defense really, really played well against a Penn State team that's been pretty solid uh, offensively. And, I mean, you had... Two special teams, actually three special team mistakes because you had the opening kickoff return for a touchdown. You had Jason Harris's fumble, which led to a scoop and score. And then the Hoosiers defense had forced Penn State to punt. And instead of Indiana getting the ball back down 21-0 and having some, an, an, an opportunity to do something with it, this, the punt coverage team roughs the punter. Uh, roughs the kicker, keeps that drive alive for Penn State, and they end up scoring. Uh, Indiana's defense 
did a pretty solid job against against Penn State overall. Uh, Saquon Barkley was held to just 56 yards rushing on 20 carries. That's 2.8 yards a carry. And considering he came into the game averaging 7.8 yards a carry, it was a pretty good job on Saquon Barkley. And this is the second straight year now that Indiana really controlled Penn State's running game, and it was just an impressive effort. Now, the downside to that is Indiana's secondary came into this game already beat up. You had Marcelino Ball, uh, the Husky uh, linebacker, safety, they call him a Husky. Uh, he was unavailable. Ashawn Riggins was unavailable. And Trace McSorley really picked on Indiana's secondary. He finishes the game 23 of 36, threw for 315 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He also threw an interception. And it also led to Deshaun Hamilton putting up nine catches for 122 yards and three touchdowns. People are going to take a real close look at him for Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week after the three touchdowns. And it was just Indiana wasn't able to get what they needed to in terms of stopping uh, in Penn State's passing game. But the interesting thing is the Hoosiers also got five sacks. And so it, it was an, an it, it was good balance from Penn State. They ran the ball 37 times. They uh, threw the ball 37 times. And yet they just were able to complete enough uh, to, to really put Indiana's defense on its heels. And yet you felt that Indiana's defense played a pretty solid game. They only gave up 370 yards of total offense and only 39 yards on the ground, including, like I said, the 56 yards to Saquon Barkley, and that is rock solid. And if you throw out that first quarter, which obviously you can't do, but a lot of what was given up in that first quarter had to do with special teams and the defense being left with a a short field or – running into a problem because the special teams runs into the kicker and keeps a drive alive, which is, is pretty demoralizing. Indiana only lost 17 to 14 during the last three quarters. But of course that first quarter, it was everything because Penn state goes up 28, nothing. And that's why when I say Indiana was competitive in this game without actually uh, without the game being competitive, that's what I'm talking about. Indiana could have rolled over. It could have gotten super ugly, but that wasn't the case, and in fact, they go into halftime down 28-14. Yes, it's a two-touchdown deficit on the road, but Indiana was certainly going to have an opportunity to, to put up a fight. 14 points is something that is doable. It just didn't work out for the Hoosiers, and the main reason why was because Indiana's offense just was not as effective as you wanted it to be in any way, shape, or form. And there's a story that's going to be a storyline all through this week heading to Charleston Southern and beyond is just the situation at quarterback. For the second time in four games, senior starter Richard Lego was benched in favor of redshirt freshman Peyton Ramsey, who did more with his legs and and kind of sparked Indiana's running game in a way that Richard Lego wasn't able to do. And meanwhile, Lego goes 7 of 15 for just 97 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, made a couple of bad throws that could have led to some issues. He Richard just is not putting any kind of touch on his passes. He's throwing fastballs at every opportunity. Uh, he had one nice pass to Ian Thomas, uh, tight end Ian Thomas, had set up Indiana's first touchdown, but that was about it. Ramsey, meanwhile, 
can get things done with his legs. He was very effective at running some quarterback draws and some read options. Still didn't break anything off that was all that long. He finished with 53 yards rushing on 12 carries with a long of 12 yards. So, I mean, it's not like he was sprinting down the field, but he just the threat of him really kind of changed what Penn State was was able to do defensively. And there's no question, Indiana stayed in the game longer because of the play of Peyton Ramsey. Now, Lego, for his uh, in for his situation, it's just it's it's a question of what's going to happen going forward between these two. Richard just doesn't seem to have taken the strides that you expected him to take heading into his senior season. He has shown flashes for a drive or two of having some nice throws, but then he can press a little bit, especially when Indiana's down. He presses a little bit. His accuracy is a little bit shaky, and the same goes for his decision-making. So Peyton Peyton, I keep trying to call him Peyton Manning, and I don't mean to. It's Peyton Ramsey. Uh, Peyton Ramsey doesn't have nearly the arm strength of Richard Lego, and he can't make some of the throws. And the concern with that is... By the time you're at this point in college, there's not a lot of development in terms of arm strength. You could develop your accuracy, you could develop your decision making, but your arm strength tends to be your arm strength at this point in in your career. And there's no question Richard Lego has a, a has some good arm strength. Peyton Ramsey doesn't. It's better than what we saw at Xander Diamant last year, but Peyton Ramsey isn't the runner that Xander Diamant was. He's not quite as fast. He's good with his legs, but he's not Antoine Randall. And so there's just a lot going on there uh, with that group. And then you throw in the fact that, I mean, you, you look, Indiana's receivers, guys like Ian Thomas, Simi Cobbs, they have a good rapport with Richard Lego, they've been working all offseason with Richard Lego, not Peyton Ramsey. And so here we are four games into the season, now into October, and there's still some questions about the identity of this offense. Morgan Ellison ran nine times for 53 yards, had a long of 18 yards, but at the end of that 18-yard run, he fumbled, which led to Penn State's uh, second touchdown. And that that is the challenge here is, he needed to do what he did last week against Georgia Southern against Penn State, just showed that he could do it, and he did to a certain extent, averaging 5.9 yards a carry. However, it's just he was banged up a little bit, and he only was limited to just those nine carries. Now, the Hoosiers got 48 yards on 10 carries out of Cole Guest, which was a nice uh, thing. It was really great to see Ricky Brookins score a touchdown as well in, uh, uh, in the first half. But it was just an offense that just was inconsistent. You didn't know what you were going to get from possession to possession. Some of Peyton Ramsey's runs really just looked like they were kind of broken plays where he had to scramble that looked like it was a uh, you know a running play, but I'm not, not convinced that it was. And it was just a challenge. And the other challenge that Indiana faced on the road is one that Indiana fans are far too familiar with, and that was a little bit of shaky officiating, especially in the second half. Indiana trailed 31-14, to so it's still within striking distance uh, in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, and Penn State uh, threw a touchdown pass, Trace McSorley to Deshaun Hamilton. Hamilton very clearly pushed off for an offensive pass interference. The officials threw a flag, and then after discussing it, 
picked up the flag and said there's no foul on the play. They did not explain it. They didn't say why it was that they were picking up the flag. If there was no penalty, why was the penalty? Why was the flag thrown? They just said, nope, there's nothing there. And they walked away. And it was just an absolutely ridiculous call. The ball was not, it was, it, it, it was, he, the kid put his hand right under the defender's chin and pushed him and then reached up and, 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 and made the catch. It was just a terrible, terrible call. And just watching it, I don't see how an official can blow that call. That's not a mistake. A flag went. It wasn't a no call. They made the call and then they picked up the flag and there was never an explanation about why they picked up the flag. They just said there's no foul on the play, and they went on with things. Later on, Penn State added a touchdown pass from Saquon Barkley to Deshaun Hamilton to make it 45-14 to with about 4.13 left in the game, and that raised some eyebrows. But to me, that was just kind of they were trying to pad Saquon Barkley's Heisman Trophy um, highlight film by having him throw that touchdown pass. Uh, it, it was it, to me. You can't run up the score. Some people were saying Penn State was running up the score. In my eyes, you can't run up the score when you are talking about, uh, you know, just having uh, two Big Ten teams play one another. You can't run up the score because you're ostensibly at the same level. But it was an unnecessary uh, touchdown pass by Saquon Barkley. But I don't have a problem with it. Still, Indiana put up a fight for the last three quarters and had a lot of mistakes and it was really really frustrating to watch how much they could struggle uh, offensively and on special teams when the defense which for so many years has been a problem did its job the defense played it played well did its job and uh, it just the offense didn't pull its weight and the special teams didn't even bother to get off the bus so it was just Pretty much an ugly day for the Hoosiers in those two areas. But the defense actually did pretty well. And T. Gary Scales had himself a really nice game. There's a reason this kid's an All-American. He made 11 total tackles, including seven solo stops, had three sacks. It was, it was just a good effort by him. So Same with Tony Fields. He had 10 tackles, seven solo stops. He had a tackle for a loss. It was... It was a good defensive performance, but it certainly wasn't enough to overcome that hole that Indiana dug for itself in the first quarter. And I just would have liked to have been able to see what Indiana could have done had they not made so many mistakes where they just shot themselves in the foot because it was really, really something difficult to to, to overcome. They just made such a deep hole for themselves. It was a mess. So now they face Charleston Southern in next week in a game that should give Indiana a chance to rest a lot of its guys who are dinged up, whether it be Morgan Ellison, Brandon Knight left the game with what pure speculation on my part, but he was kind of holding his head. So I wonder about concussions when that kind of thing happens. Uh, hopefully he'll be back in the lineup. A uh, Marcelino ball and Ashawn Riggins already has been announced. They won't be back next week. And to me playing Charleston Southern, an FCS team Indiana should not have to really put up much of a fight uh, in order to win this thing. Now, you want them to come out and play with confidence, but Indiana is also a program that is at a point where losing to an FCS team just shouldn't be a, a realistic situation. And I think that Indiana is going to be able to cruise to an easy win against Charleston Southern next week. But the question is, who's going to be starting that game? Is it going to be Peyton Ramsey? 
is it going to be Richard Lego? After the Virginia game, Tom Allen said immediately, Richard's our starter. That's that. He, he just was, didn't have it today. Well, now he says that he's going to kind of evaluate everything, and that leads me to believe that there is a little bit more of a, a question at quarterback, and to be honest with you, there should be. If you're going to make Peyton Ramsey your starter, to me, you give him that starting experience against Charleston Southern so that he just has the experience of being a starter and going out there first and preparing like a starter before Indiana gets back to Big Ten play against Michigan on homecoming in a couple of weeks. If you want Richard to build his his confidence and you plan on sticking with him, then you have him start against Charleston Southern. But this thing of just pulling Richard when he needs to, when he's not playing well, isn't good because it's a situation where he's going to be looking over his shoulder no matter uh, uh, what happens because it's happened a couple of times this year. And the question is, does Tom Allen believe that Peyton Ramsey has the skills, has the experience at this point? to take on a Michigan, a Michigan State, a Maryland, and all that going forward. Because once you make that switch, it's going to be real tough to switch back unless you know Peyton Ramsey would absolutely uh, have just play horribly or get hurt. I mean, that that's those are the only things because it's tough to go from one to the other in the middle of the season. And that's something that is going to be a big storyline for the Hoosiers this week as they look at, at everything and break down the tape and going forward and prepare for Charleston Southern, it's not just about that Charleston Southern game, but it's also about who's going to give Indiana the best opportunity to win going forward. And uh, time will tell on that because I, I don't know what we're going to see. I do know that we saw Indiana go to Happy Valley and lose 45-14, to moves the Hoosiers to 2-2 two and two on the season. However, I will say this. Indiana's two losses have been to two of the top four teams in the country, according to the rankings. So it's not exactly as if Indiana got hammered by nobodies. This is Ohio State, and this is Penn State. And when the season started, you didn't expect, obviously, the Florida International game to get canceled. But you figured that they would get to this point and be 2-2 two and two in the games that they played. When you put in the cancellation and replace it with Charleston Southern, you expect, at least me, looking at that schedule, I thought they're going to go and take on Michigan on, on homecoming. You want to be 3-2 and two at that point in the season. And right now, that's what they're on schedule for. So I haven't seen anything that was terribly shocking from the Hoosiers uh, so far this season. Uh, Richard Lego, his development has been a bit of a disappointment, and you hope that he kind of is able to take that next step if he remains as a starter. Otherwise, you know, it's fine to move on to Peyton Ramsey and, and kind of get his his career kick-started. So we'll see how it all plays out, but there are plenty of questions to be worked out as Indiana gets ready for Charleston Southern at Memorial Stadium next week. Well, that's all the time we have on the Peaks Podcast brought to you by the Upland Brewing Company's Morning after Penn State edition, I want to thank you for listening, and I want to remind you to visit Peaks.com for the very best in IU football and basketball coverage you're going to find anywhere. Nobody covers Hoosier recruiting better than Mike Pegram, Jeff Rabjohns, and Matt Weaver, so come be a part of a thriving and exciting community on the Scout.com network. You are not going to be disappointed. Folks, we're out of time, but for now, and from Mike, Jeff, and Matt, I'm Ken Bykoff saying thanks for listening, everybody.